I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you. Uh, and you know, I'm. It, it's it's an exciting time of year uh, because wherever you're at, I mean, some of us have hit it a little early. Some of you guys are just now getting into it, but it's springtime, right? And springtime's uh, always fun. I mean, I, I love the winter, actually. My wife loves the summer. It's just what you do when you get married. But spring has sort of a feeling about it, I think. Um, and and it, I think it sort of transcends the physical in some ways, if we're honest. Uh, spring represents a lot of, a lot of good things. And Lord knows, after a couple of years of COVID uh, and the weirdness and the war in Ukraine, the uncertainty and the inflation, and some of us could use a little bit of a, a boost of hope and joy and this idea of a, a new beginning that spring brings, I think is, is wonderful. And of course, Easter, I mean, for those of us who are Christians, the resurrection is the ultimate, right, in the new beginning. So we're going to celebrate that today. My guest is Michelle Medlock Adams, uh, and I'll just tell her before the interview. I like Medlock. I like that's a good, <laughs> nice English name. But she's she's a, a seasoned writer. Like she is a writer's writer, uh, and she has a new book. It's called Springtime for Your Spirit: Ninety Devotions of Hope, Joy, and New Beginnings. And so we're going to give you just a little bit of encouragement today, um, make you feel good, tell you how you can get the devotional, of course, if you want to dive into the, the idea of springtime in your daily devotion. Uh, but Michelle, it's great to have you on Life Today Live. Welcome. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. All right. Give us, walk us through some of this, because I, I do think people, all, I mean, hope and joy, are all, we, we all need it. But I don't know, it just feels like as we're nearing the God willing the end of the pandemic especially but also entering uncertain times in a lot of people's lives we need we need the hope the, the joy we need a little bit of a new beginning every day right yes tell us what Amen. you're communicating here in this devotional book so thanks for asking this has been a book of, from our hearts really i co-authored it with a friend of mine pastor andy clapp we knew we were supposed to do a book together, just one of those divine connection things. And we actually, Randy, we started writing a, a Christmas devotional when we first began and, and quickly shifted to spring because that's all about new beginnings, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about um, the things that we need from God. His mercies are new every day. We all need that. And exactly what you said, coming out of a couple of tough years, um, for some of us more than others, but but everybody has has been changed. And and I think, you know, winter, I know you said you liked winter. I live in the Midwest where I'm not a real fan of winter, <laughs> like <laughs> one snow and then I'm good, like snow around Christmas. And then I'm, I really don't want to see it again for another year. But you know how you just, you're kind of dormant in, in winter. You're, we're enclosed, we're in our houses a lot. We don't get out a lot and walk and hike and fish and all the things I love to do in the spring and summer. Um, we just needed that new beginning. And I think it's spiritually speaking, we all needed that because of what we've come through. And so that's really why we shifted gears and started writing the springtime devotion. And, you know, we've heard from so many people who've already got this book in their hands that it's doing exactly what we had hoped it would do. So we do believe it was of God and, and encouragement. I, I'm a former cheerleader. I always, <laughs> I'm just rah, rah, rah. That's, and that's my personality. And so I think you're going to, you'll find a lot of that in the book. It's just the thread that runs through it is encouragement, hope, and, and love, of course, but so much encouragement. Just like, you can do this. I know it's been tough, but God has got you. None of this surprised him. He's still on the throne. You know, we need to hear that. I mean, I need to hear that every day. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, his mercies are new every day. The manna was something you had to gather every day. We yes. need we need a little bit of that uh, on a daily basis, which I do think is why we, we take the you know devotional format. I think a little bit for granted. But what what is the significance of sort of just connecting with God every single day? Yes, exactly. I, you know, I love that um, when I would read the word and it would say that Jesus went off by himself in the morning to pray, right, to talk to his father. I'm thinking if Jesus needed to do that, probably good example for us, right? right. <laughs> so, and to start the day, giving that first fruits in the word. And some of people can't do it till lunchtime or, or at night. I don't think that matters as much, though I like to start my day. Uh, or I wouldn't be nice during the day, maybe if I didn't. <laughs> but I like to get right in, you know, say good morning, Lord, and get right into the Word and spend that first time with Him. And so we made these short enough that if you're in a hurry and you're on your way trying to get ready for work or taking the kids to school or whatever your morning looks like, because they can be crazy. I know I've got daughters um, that they're short enough that you can you can get that little nugget of wisdom and think about it all day and maybe revisit it at night. We have a plant the word section, which is the scripture, a pray the word, which is a prayer based on that scripture, and then a work the word, which is sort of a, the work the word section is something to put like an application, put what you just learned into action so that it really sticks. So whether, and I, I think there's something here for everyone because it is half of the devotions written by me and half written by Andy. So men and women can enjoy this book, though it's quite beautiful. So a lot of women like it because it's just such a pretty book. <laughs> yeah, well, I can see that. You know, my, my dad, um, is more of a morning person. I am not. I, I just, I detest them basically. Uh, and he, he asked me some one time, son, have you ever seen the sunrise? And I said, yeah, I've stayed up that late before. So uh, <laughs> that, that's just me. So, so my argument would be that, that 1am is technically in the morning. So Amen. I, uh, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Yes. <laughs> but I, I again, it, it is the principle, but I understand that, that starting, starting kind of sets the tone for the day. And so I, I do think it's it's healthy to start out with whatever you can do. But the point being that you get with Lord every day. Now, Easter's coming up. Uh, yes. And obviously, that's right in the middle of springtime. And obviously, the, the best new beginning ever, right? Amen. What do you guys communicate <laughs> uh, as you deal with sort of Lent and the Easter time and all, all that around this time of year? You know, I got to do the Easter. Um, that was, we never had any problem or any friction, Andy and I deciding who got to write what. We just, it just sort of naturally felt that way. But we both wanted to do Easter. I mean, he's a pastor. Of course, he lives for that time of year, right? And, but I'm a, I also write children's books and I have four different books of just about Easter and Palm Sunday. And I'm like, I think I trump that. I want to do this one. So <laughs> anyway, I got my way. He was just nice to me. But I, I, I wrote the Easter devotional and he did some of the Lent stuff. But I'll tell you the thing about Easter. I saw something on Facebook the other day and it says, spoiler alert, you know, that the tomb's empty. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was good. And that's really what this time of year is about. It's just about, you know, like we talked about new beginnings and that hope. I mean, you know, I often thought about why they called it Good Friday the people who were there probably didn't think it was too good. Didn't look like it was a good Friday. I'm sure they wouldn't have characterized it that way, yet we call it Good Friday. But what was coming, what can happen in just a couple of days, right? That, that that Jesus rose like he said he would, and that that was the new beginning. And so I, I talk about in my devotion, I have two little girls, I did. Now they're grown and have their own children. I'm a Gigi now, I can't believe I have grandkids. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just amazing, I'm so thankful for that. But when they were little girls, we had just moved to Texas from Indiana. And uh, my parents had lived next door to us. And we used to have a little Easter egg hunt that was apart from the city or the church's Easter egg hunt in our backyard. And my dad was the best at this. He would hide, you know, um, 
candy and, and dollars, like actual dollars, sometimes $5. I and mean, they were like four and six. They didn't really know what was going on, but money and these eggs and stuff. And, and, and just to make sure that everybody got the equal amount with my nieces and nephews too, he would put the name on each egg. So if you found Abby's egg and you, your name was not Abby, you had to put it back. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was this kind of a fixed Easter egg thing, but it worked out great because every kid got the same amount of eggs, same amount of money, same amount of candy. My dad was quite wise in his years. And so my girls, I realized when we got to Texas, They'd never really been to an actual, not fixed kind of Easter egg hunt. So our church had one. And so, you know, Jeff and I took the girls to, to the Easter egg hunt. And I mean, they come back and they're like just in tears and just sobbing. And I'm like, what What happened? And they're like, we couldn't get any eggs and there weren't any with our name on it. And I thought, oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't I didn't explain that part. <laughs> Whoops, bad parenting moment. But the, the, the way that translated to me and the devotion is just that, you know, um, I like fixed Easter egg hunts. I don't know about you, but I love to, to know that these are my things that, that God has this just for me. And that's how the Bible is. It's like, I, I think I looked it up seven or 7,487 promises made by God to mankind. Those are all of our, hmm. for better black Easter eggs. They have hmm. our name on them. Those are all of our promises and, and nobody else can take them from you. They're for all of us. And it just seems so personal when I, when I'm reading the word and, and I get into it and I'm like, that's for me. God meant that for me. That is my promise. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll put my name in it. There are Bibles where you can put your name in it. But I do that when I pray and I thank him for those things. And so that's what that particular one is about, that just that life is a fixed Easter egg hunt for those of us who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Yeah. What, a, what a deal. Yeah, promises with our name written on them. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. And that is way better than my experience because I, I, I like to always find more Easter eggs than either of my sisters so I could win. <laughs> So the significance of, of Easter to me was learning to die to self, <laughs> right, for the better of others. So uh, quite a different I get experience. That. Quite a different experience. Um, I'm a little competitive myself, so I do understand that. Oh <laughs> um, no, that that is beautiful because <laughs> the Lord knows that in on in the darkest times, when that Good Friday does not look good, it, it is only by holding to God's promises that we can even get through the dark times because we don't know what's coming in our lives sometimes but we we know that that god has the promise it's the promise i mean the hope the hope Amen. comes from the promise that, it, that it's all that he's got it in his hands you know he knows what he's Amen. doing it, it's going to work out for the best this is something that you've dealt with because covid covid hit real close to you in a difficult way um it, it did tell people about that so covid I, I, I can't even believe that we're going on year three of this, but when, when in 2020, when it hit, took us all by surprise and, you know, we did everything we were supposed to do here in Southern Indiana, uh, the churches closed, which was just the time we needed to be with each other. The most we couldn't be, thank goodness for the internet and, and, and Christian TV. But, um, we had a revival just as soon as I opened the doors back up at our church. And my pastor was also my brother-in-law, his name Pastor Jan Spaulding, married to my sister, Marty Spaulding. Wonderful people of God, love the church, Stonegate Faith Center. And so um, right after that revival, and it, I'm telling you, it was the revival of all revivals. I mean, it was just felt so good to be worshiping in person with, you know, could, with all the whole, the whole church. Um, there was a, there was a COVID outbreak. And it wasn't, it was, it was, but the worst part was, is that I recovered, my husband recovered, my sister recovered, but my brother-in-law did not. Mm. And, and he went into the hospital and, you know, the way that COVID is, you can't be with them when they're really sick. Nobody's allowed in. Um, So we didn't get to go and 
and pray over him. And we prayed for him, obviously, but we didn't get to be there with him. And I was with my sister during all of that because she lives in my hometown and just about two blocks away. And I, I just, every day we, we would just pray for him, but we couldn't be with him. So he didn't, they didn't even get to be together when he passed. And it, I'm telling you, that was a hard season because he's such a faithful man of God and just so wonderful. We loved Dan so much, um, great pastor. And it just didn't seem fair. So it, it shook a lot of people's faith. It really did. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people who just didn't understand. And I, you know, there's a lot of people who probably can say they've gone through the same thing and they didn't understand. But you know what faith is, and this is what I was reminded of when I began to seek God about it, because he knew how sad we were. Because mm-hmm. he it says he, you know, he collects our tears, he, he knows, um, is that true faith is is when you can still trust God even when you don't understand. And so that's where we had to get to is like, Lord, I don't understand why you took Dan or why he was allowed to pass. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why some of these other great men and women of God are going. But what I do know is that you're still a good God and that you love us and that you still have a plan. And so that's that. those are those promises that you cling to when you don't understand. And that's what got us through. And I write about, in fact, that ended up being the first devotion in the book coming out of that season of, of grief, although grief will hit you different times, but mm-hmm. of that really heavy just season where it was hard to breathe. And I know for my sister, especially and married all those years. And we were walking outside of her house. We had just taught Bible study. We couldn't meet together again. We were doing it online. And I said, let's go to lunch. So we were going out to lunch and these little bitty hostas, which we love hostas had just started to pop up. You could hardly see any green at all. But my sister saw them. She said, oh my goodness, look, it's official spring has sprung. But when she said it, it wasn't just a celebration that, oh, it's gonna be green and beautiful again. I knew what she meant. And she, even as she said it, we both got teary eyed and I said, it absolutely has. And, and God is, God is, has walked us through this dark winter and spring is sprung and he still has a plan for you, Marty. And he still has a plan for us and for the church. And it, it was the beginning of that healing. And it, and it's been a process, but I tell you, we never felt closer to God than we have during the season because he's right there. You don't have to go through it alone. I think that's the, that's the mistake that often people make is when they don't understand something that happens like a death in the family or some other kind of horrific thing that happens, they run from God instead of to him. Mm-hmm. And he can't help you if you run from him. If you run to him, he's right there and he'll get you through it. So if that's for somebody today, don't don't be mad at God. He's not mad at you. He loves you and he'll help you through this if you'll let him. Yeah, and without the, the promise of the resurrection, Paul says our, our faith is in vain. I mean, if, if COVID, you know, COVID taking someone or however you want to phrase it. Cause I noticed that yeah. we kind of, we yeah. kind of stumble over the language sometimes. Yeah. And it's awkward. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fine. And I, I get yeah. it. I've, I've lost people close to me. Um, but when we take the eternal view of things and, and we, we you know, read in scripture that life is a vapor, it feels like right. the most important significant thing ever when you're in the middle of it, we have to break out of that just to cope, I think, sometimes and, and look at things from, from an eternal perspective and knowing that the greatest miracle is not the healing of the body, um, but it's when, when the man was lowered through the roof for healing and Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven. And everybody's like, what? He, he forgives sins. Easy. Right. Jesus is like, what? Would it be easier for me to just heal him? Fine. Stand up and walk. Yes. And he does because all, tem- all healing is temporary. but the forgiveness of sins and eternity with God is permanent. Praise God. Yes. And understanding that, I think see, lets us see that, that spring will sprung, you know, eternal. 
Uh, and that, that right there is hope even in the, in the difficult times. So uh, how did you, how did you write some of these I mean, devotions on hope and joy after going through that? And isn't it funny that God will call you to do that in that season? I mean, there were other seasons in my life that were, that were just completely joyful, you know, like when my first grandchild was born or all these different things that happened, it would have been much easier than at those seasons to write a book like this. You're exactly right. And yet God called us to write this one at this time. That's how, um, that's how I know this whole, this entire book was of him and inspired by him. And he got us through it. And I think as I wrote, God healed my heart. Mm. You know, I, you you say the words, yes, Lord, I thank you that, that you've gotten us through this. I thank you that you're my heavenly father and that you love me with an everlasting love. And you say all the things that you know to say, because I've been raised in the church and I, and I believed on him for, for, well, since I was a little tiny girl underneath the pew, even. So as soon as I could go down the altar to accept him, I was, I was there, I was loving Jesus. So I knew all the things to say. I knew the right answers to give, but I think that only the heavenly father knows your, your heart's still hurting. Mm. Right. And, um, and as I would write, these verses about new beginnings and about God's love and about hope. It, it just began to transform my heart because I think I, I was about the father's business. First of all, it was good to be busy, but secondly, the word never returns void. So the more I was in the word, which was more than even usual, the more God fixed my heart. And mm. um, you know, that the verse that was the verse that we put with the devotion, I just talked about, about losing our, our pastor and my brother-in-law was Isaiah 43, 19, for I'm about to do something new See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And that's what he did for me. He created rivers in the dry wasteland as I wrote this book. I'm grateful that that they published it. I'm grateful that God allowed me to write it. And I'm grateful that he brought me through that season. Yeah, and I think you're going to help other people in that season too. Uh, and, and that's why I'm encouraging people to pick up springtime for your spirit. Uh, for yourself or maybe for someone else you know that's been through a hard winter, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking. Uh, now, in the in the natural, springtime is also a time for planting. Uh, are you in farm country down there in southern Indiana? Is that farm? Oh, we are. Absolutely that's, that's not. <laughs> it's beautiful and green, and we're in the rolling hills part of Indiana, the really pretty part, yeah. So so there's a, there's people probably out right now plowing up the fields, planting seeds, getting ready for a harvest, Yeah. Absolutely. We have good friends that that's what they do for a living and have for years. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm a city girl. Like I, I have woods in my back. That's about as out as I get, but, but um, yes, you're right. We are in the farm country. <laughs> so now there is also a spiritual application. I mean, Jesus talked about farming to farmers so that they would get spiritual yes. truths. Uh, what, what do you guys see you and your co-author uh, Andy, uh, Pastor Andy Clapp, what do y'all see? In, in the parallels between the physical planting that's going on and the spiritual planting that God wants uh, in our lives. We do. We dwell on that a lot. There are several devotions that each of us wrote. We had to make sure we weren't using the same scriptures each time <laughs> right. because we were writing them, you know, in different, he's in, uh, he's down South. So we were in the same state. But uh, one of the things that I wrote about was blooming where you're planted, mm. which, you know, we've, you've probably seen the little signs at, at gift stores and maybe even have one in your home. It's kind of a great thing to say, bloom where you're planted, but it's not really that easy to live. I mean, if you've gone through a season where you are not loving your job, or maybe you've had to move to a city where that wasn't your first choice due to a job or something else, um, it is really hard to bloom where you're planted. Or how about if you're in a church that you'd really rather go to a different church, but God says, no, you're, you are, you are here. I, I put you here for a reason and you're not wanting to bloom there. You're wanting to bloom elsewhere. 
I was out walking, Jeff and I, um, we love, Jeff's my husband of over 30 years and we were out walking our dogs. Um, we have two dogs, a rescue dog and then this little miniature <laughs> dachshund. She is something else. We were out walking our dogs and it, it was really the first pretty spring day that was warm enough to get out. And right in the middle of the sidewalk was this little beautiful purple flower. There's just a little tiny crack between where the sidewalk meets, right? But I don't even know how any roots could get down in there. But this, it was a weed, but it was a pretty weed. It was a little flower that had bloomed up there. And I mean, I actually stopped and, and looked. I said, can you believe that? Can you believe there's a little flower right here in the middle of all this pavement? And we both just kind of, you know, what you do is stand and look a little bit. And, and, and you know, God, will, he'll talk to you anytime you allow him. I'm wanting to be continually plugged in day all day long. And I just heard him begin to minister to me about this, about, yeah, you know, I, you can bloom wherever you are. I, I can cause your roots to plant wherever I need them to be, mm. but you have to be willing. And so that I'm sure that little flower wouldn't have said, hey, put me right here where I can be trampled and where this <laughs> is going to be difficult. And I can't get a lot of sun and water right over here. Put me here. Not over there with all the other purple flowers that are doing great over there by next to the building where they were supposed to be. Uh, I'm sure that little flower wouldn't have chosen. But but boy, you brightened my day by being right there. And in my life, I can look back on times in my career, even as I was a sports reporter for a while and uh, writing for newspapers and things. I had to cover some stories that that were not things I would have chosen and, <laughs> and ask some tough questions of people I didn't want to ask. Those were difficult seasons. And that newsroom wasn't always easy. Mm -hmm. um, but but God said, bloom where you're planted. And then I think by those acts of obedience, by just showing up and doing what God is asking you to do, even when you don't want to be in that particular spot, whatever that spot might be, uh, that's when the blessing comes. You know, blessing doesn't come. Um, obedience always is before that, right? So obedience and then the blessing. And that's what happened in my life. I, I can look back on all the times where I was fussing at God, you know, seriously, can we not move on from here? <laughs> if I, let me learn whatever I have to learn really quickly so I can get out of this spot, <laughs> right, that, right. that would be my prayer as I talk to God. And, and uh, sometimes it was a lot longer. Than I wanted it to be, but, but God would do a work in me. There was a reason for me to be there. And yeah. sometimes it's not even about you. Sometimes it's about the people you're going to affect while yeah, you're there. So God true. has you there for that reason. Mm -hmm. We never think about that. We mm -hmm. always think about ourselves. And so if you're in that situation, anybody listening, I'm telling you, hang on, <laughs> the blessing's worth it. But bloom where you're planted, even if it's something that or someplace you don't want to be right now, because God has a purpose for it. He will use all of it if you'll let him. And so yeah. that was one of the devotions we talked about, just just doing that, just choosing. It's a choice, really. You can need to be grumpy yes, every day and be mad, or you can choose, Lord, use me here and help me learn what I need to learn while I'm here so that I can be ready for that next assignment. Yep. Yep. You know, if, if you find yourself out there in in the worst place you can imagine, the place you, you're just like, there's no, quit thinking about yourself for a second and look around and go, wait a minute. Who does, who has God put me here for? Somebody around here needs, needs Jesus. <laughs> Probably all of them. Right. I mean, we all do ultimately, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And, and when you, I think when you do that, you really shift the paradigm and it, it, it takes the sting off of a bad situation a lot of times. Yes. And because you start going, oh, wait, what's God, what, what, what's God about to do if, if I'll just, you know, quit my complaining <laughs> and, and, right. and, and, <laughs> open my eyes a little bit to what's going on around me. So you talk about uh, the obedience aspect of it. Um, right before that even is is knowing his voice. You know, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Yes. My sheep obey. And that's when great things happen. How important do you think, uh, because this is essentially what you're doing in, in all these devotional books that you're, you're writing, is you're, you're planting the word down into our souls. Uh, and that can, never comes back void. You don't have to worry about the weather there as much because <laughs> if we will continue to plant and water, uh, it's just going to happen. Um, 
how much of planting that word down in your soul have, have you done and do you help others do through these devotional books? That is such a great question. I think <laughs> something we should probably all ask ourselves every day, right? How, what are my priorities? Am I spending enough time with the Lord? And and not to get into guilt and condemnation over it, but just to really kind of look at your priorities and make sure that you you are listening to the Lord and that you're spending time in his presence. I, I'll tell you something that happened to me. And I'm, I don't think I wrote about this in the book. I've written a lot of books, so it might be in one of my books. <laughs> but this is a good example of that. I'm somebody, I write all the time. I write for a living. So um, sometimes I'm in the word, but I'm studying the word for a book or setting a word right. for an article. I'm not just spending time basking in God's presence. Those are different, mm-hmm. different, different completely. And you know, cause you're a writer, mm-hmm. but um, I had, I had asked, been asked to speak at this women's conference, which I do often. And it was in Delaware and I love this church. And I love the pastors there. And I, I could not come up with what I was supposed to talk about. I, I was going to speak twice. The pastor's wife kept asking for my theme. They needed my slides. And I just, I didn't want to do a canned message when I done, I knew that God had a word just for this congregation at this season for, for such a time as this, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't come up with it. And I didn't want to, I just got kept putting her off. So finally I told my husband, I'm going to my office and I'm not coming out till God gives me something. So I don't know if it'll be five minutes or five years, but I'll see you later. <laughs> and he was like, okay, do your thing. So I went upstairs to my office and I shut the door and I just began to really seek God and just get in his face and and it didn't take long. God, uh, I, I remember praying specifically. I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. I'm doing this for you. Like, why won't you give me anything new? I know that you have a word for them. I feel it. I know you do. So just give it to me and then I'll give it to her. So I, I don't, I don't put her off anymore. Uh, why won't you give me anything new? And I was kind of whining. I mean, I, that really what I had planned to go into the word, but that's what I did. And I heard him now. It wasn't audibly, but it's the closest to audible I've ever heard in my life. And I heard him say, Michelle, the reason I haven't given you anything new is because you haven't gone anyplace new with me. Oh, talk about getting a whipping from your heavenly father, <laughs> but you know, he does it in such a sweet way that, um, and I just begin to cry and I'm like, you're exactly right. I have been about the business, but I've not been in your word and just letting you love on me and me just praising you. When's the last time I've just sat in your presence and just said, Lord, I love you. And thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you that you are allowing me another breath today. Thank you that I can write and I can work for you in this capacity. I hadn't done that in a while mm. and it showed. And and so um, I'm, I really am conscious of that now as I take on assignments and I, and I work for the Lord, whether I'm speaking or writing or teaching to not be too busy about his business, that I'm too busy for him because we have to be able to hear his voice. We have to be able to put that word in so that when the squeeze is on and we go through these dark times, that what comes out when they squeeze us is the word of God, not all the other stuff that's going in there day in and day out. We have to give him first place. Yeah. Uh, And you know, that's such a great reminder for, I think especially people in ministry, because we feel like we're, we're ministering all the time, but it becomes work and you're, you're exactly right. But obviously if you're outside of that, you you maybe recognize that need. It's kind of like saying, um, you're dehydrated because you're not drinking enough water. That's not condemnation. It's just like drink more water. You'll feel a lot better. <laughs> you'll that's be right. a lot healthier. It's <laughs> you a know? fact. Yeah, so, that's right. <laughs> so it's just, just the way it is. So I'm not condemning you by telling you that and just yeah. doing you a favor. Michelle, I appreciate all that you're doing. Uh, I, if people, when, not if, come on, where's my faith? When people <laughs> pick up springtime for your spirit, um, what what's sort of your bottom line for you and uh, you and Andy, your co-author? For people, what do you want to see in their lives? What's the, what's the takeaway? I'll tell you what we prayed every day as we wrote this, and either collectively or when we were writing separately, is that people would feel the Lord's presence in the words, and that those words would penetrate their heart and do the work that God had called those those words to do. Mm. So we didn't want, yes, we tell stories from our lives, 
but it's the word that makes a difference. My, my stories might entertain you, but they're not going to change your life, but God's word will change your life. And it's living and it, and it's, it's pertinent for every single situation. There's so much practical wisdom in Proverbs and, and in the gospels, but you have to know the word for it to work for you. You, you have to be able to, to know what to do in a situation. If you don't have the word in your heart, then, then you're not going to have that ready to come out when the, when the squeeze is on, like I just said. So we prayed every single day that, Lord, have you're, we're sending this word forth. Have it do the work that you want for each person so that it feels very personal. And, and the bottom line, other than that, is just hope and encouragement. Yeah. I just want people to feel encouraged and know that God has a plan and that he loves them. And no matter how dark it's been, that the springtime is here. And it's and that Jesus loves them with an everlasting love, and that no matter how it looks on the outside, looks like circumstances can look terrible, but that God hasn't changed. Like the, He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We have all these promises, like we talked about with the Easter egg hunt, that we can just grab onto. So I hope that they are encouraged, but that they really get that hunger. Because you know, the more you're in the Word, the hungrier you are for it. It's sort of like Lay's potato chips, you can't just eat one. <laughs> you know, you eat the whole, that's how it is once you're in the word. Oh, I want to read more. I want to, I want to hear from God more. I want you to fall back in love with him. And that's, I hope this devotional does that for you. Yep. And the big difference being that, that being in the word is actually good for you. Whereas the, the potato chips, not so much. I, that's true. I, so <laughs> that's true. I, I do, I do have a, a question for you because you, yes. you, you talked about, you know, yes, you tell your stories. How how I mean how often has the publisher come back to you and said we need more of your personal story because that's what I get. Never. <laughs> oh really? So you're good about that. <laughs> well, you know what I think it is. I think that um, because I, I I've written for enough people who mm. I know that they'll be too word heavy. And here's the thing: a lot of people that will pick up the book might not be in the word a lot, or maybe they um, they haven't even been in church a lot. This is a pretty gift mm. book that you could give somebody who maybe is just new to the faith or maybe doesn't even know Jesus. Yeah. So I'm always aware that someone picking this up might not even know these scriptures. Um, and I think, I think I don't ever get, I'm, I get corrected for lots of other things, but that's not one. That's usually not one it's, it's, it's usually it's like, well, let's put a little more word in there. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> is that okay? Let me do that. You know, cause I know it. I just, I always, but I'm so conscious the other way because I don't want anybody to get in there and feel so bogged down that they don't, they don't know what the word means. Right. So that, you know, and Jesus taught in parables. So that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, we're just teaching in parables. You want know, no, and, see, and this is what I was going to say. I get, I get called out the other direction because I tend to be more <laughs> academic in my approach. And they're like, yes. a little warmth, a little personal warmth. And I'm always like, really? Do people really care? I mean, you know, but here's, here's the thing. Andrew Claven, uh, prolific writer, uh, talked about last week that, that all of life is, is a story. And, and that story is, is something that helps provide meaning and and point people to the the greater meaning uh and i'm probably butchering it but he he lays it out so beautifully that i was like yeah. okay i see it and of course scripture says you know talks about the, the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony yes. you know is the way we overcome so i think it's i think it's important that you share your story i mean when, you, when you're talking about losing your your pastor and brother-in-law I mean that that is a story, but there's far more than just a story. There, there, there is there is healing there. Uh, there is relating to other people who are in pain there. Um, there, there's hope there. You know, so share your story. Right. Share your story. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I I definitely want to. Uh, there, there's lots of stories to share. I, I think every time I get another book contract, I'll I'll think, do I have anything new to say? And then I'm reminded. 
Lord has lots to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, some, do you ever think when you're going through things, Randy, like you'll think, oh, I'm definitely going to write about this or like somebody, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm going through this so I can write about it. Like this is for other people. I, I think as when you're a writer, you almost see the world sometimes through that lens. Like I'm definitely going to, nothing, was it they say, nothing is wasted with a writer. I'm going to write <laughs> about this, right. how, how, how I messed up and God came in and saved the day or whatever. But um, I, there's just something new every day to, to, to praise the Lord about and to yeah. write about. Yeah. I, I just, it's a, it's a really fun, fun life really to, to write for him. Um, but it's not always easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hear you. I, I, I've done that. Yes. <laughs> I've laid in the hospital and thought, God, there better be a good story in this. <laughs> yeah, yes. See, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, I'm going to write about this. I don't know when, but God's going to use this. I know he will. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you're watching, you know what? Let God write that story in your life if you feel like you don't have a story, because that's what he will do. And then you'll have something to share with others. And I think a great place may be to start by planting the word in your heart. And you can do that with springtime for your spirit. Uh, a great place. And then you can always check out Michelle's uh, website, michellemedlockadams.com. Um, and what are you working on now? You got to have something coming. If you're a writer, you're always working. I'm just curious about what you're working I on. I am. I, I just finished another children's book. Just put the, you know, the send button on it. Um, and it's called uh, Love Connects Us All. And it's just a, a sweet little bedtime book for like ages three to seven um, about all different kinds of families. And I, I want kids to be able to find themselves. We, we have a connection with foster care and adoption. And we, wow. I just wanted there to be a book specifically for them. So uh, that little book. And then I'm actually working on my very first Bible study ever. I mean, I've done so many Bible studies, but to write one, oh, it's so much fun. I'm, I'm, I'm lost in the research. I don't know if I'll ever finish it because this is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, the story of my life. I, get, I go down the research rabbit right? hole. Right, the research hole, I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it's fun too. But keep writing those kids' books because now we have this huge void in our uh, society now that Disney has decided to <sighs> just fall off the face of the earth. So, so I, I, honestly, I love that. the fact that I, I, I encourage Christians to get more into filling that, that void because it is a void, and we can fill it Amen. with something even better than a mouse, you know. So yeah. yeah, do that. All right. All right. <laughs> I agree. Enough. We could talk inside baseball or inside writing forever, but yes. I will let you guys go. Uh, Michelle, again, thank you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your talent. You. And, and great to hear all the wonderful things that you're doing uh, and encouraging people and reaching Thanks children. So it's good. Good. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay. You guys out there watching. Um, uh, I will be off Friday, by the way. Good Friday. We'll be here tomorrow. Uh, but good Friday, I will not be here. So you guys have a good Friday and a wonderful Easter. Uh, but come back tomorrow. Uh, we got a good program tomorrow with Marty Machowski. Uh, and come back. we got just more great programs. We're actually booking June now on Life Today Live because I've just run into so many great people like Michelle, people that will encourage you. And it's just filling up the calendar. So it's good. So I appreciate you guys being out there, hitting share, hitting like, uh, subscribe, follow, whatever, all those good things. Check out Springtime for Your Spirit uh, and michellemedlockadams.com. And come back. We'll see you again next time on Life Today Live. Nobody can prevent you from doing the will of God.